likes to present us with anxiety, depression, all evil thoughts. We tend to hold on to that stuff. Don't know why. I did it for, for years, but we tend to hold on to that. And God, God will let you do that until you come to him and you raise your hands. And at his feet, you lay that down. You lay the lies down, the offense down, the anxiety down, the depression down. Until you lay that down at his feet and give it to him. Say, God, I can't do this without you. Until you give it to him. away at all things new and Lord Jesus this morning we come before you as vessels surrendered for your glory for your honor recognizing God that we're broken people recognizing Lord that we're in a process of perfection God as you perfect us as we surrender ourselves to us it is then you're able to do your work in us and Lord this morning we come to you not as righteous we don't come to you as those who have it all together but we come Lord as a people who are seeking your face who are drawing near to you allowing you to do a work in us and we surrender this morning we lay it all down not just the pieces that we think we should lay down but God every good every bad every ugly every pretty everything we lay it at your feet God knowing Lord that God you are able to shape and put together the pieces of the puzzle of our life Lord it might be discombobulated it might be all over the place it might be scattered across the table and we're looking at it and we're wondering how oh God can we put it together but Lord thank you Jesus thank you Lord that you says let me put you together let me be the one who draws you near let me be the one who begins to form you and shape you and 
fix you and put you into the place that I have made you because you are the clay in my hands and I love you so much that I want to see you useful. I want to see you beautiful. I want to take your broken pieces and I want to see them. They might be considered marred by the world, but in the name of Jesus, I'm putting you back together again. I'm calling you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. I'm putting a, a, my stamp on you. I'm approving you for you are my children. You're my people. You're called by my name. You're no longer a part of the old life. You're no longer the old person, but I'm a, you're a new creature. I've called you to be new. Lord, just as you spoke light out of darkness and it came forth, I pray that you will call a light out of some people's lives in this room this morning who has felt overwhelmed, felt depressed, felt burdened down, felt like they was no good or worthless, but in the name of Jesus, your past mistakes are no longer your identifying markers. There's a new marker, and his name is Jesus, and he's called you, and he's called your righteousness and holiness, and he's lifting you out. Even right now as we speak, you're no longer who you used to be. You are a child of the King of God, of the King of Kings. You are his servant. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Right now we speak to, we speak to darkness that might try to in, inhibit or inhabit. In the name of Jesus, the light is shining in this place. You have no place in this house. We no longer give you reason nor we give you spot, but we close the door right now to your engagements and your entanglements. You think you have authority, but in the name of Jesus, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, and in this house, the authority of God reigns. We rebuke you, enemy. You are no longer welcome here. Your inhabitation has to go in Jesus' name. This is the habitation of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. May the presence of God your presence we surrender to that presence in this place right now Jesus we give you glory God we praise you Jesus we thank you Lord we thank you Lord for the habitation of your spirit we thank you Jesus that we're a part of 
We're part of the branches this morning. We've been, we've been grafted into your presence, Lord. We pray that your life's flow will continue to flow in us. May we abide in your presence. May we abide in this atmosphere of, of praise. May we allow this not to just be a temporary passing, but Lord, may this be a habitation that we walk in every single moment, every single day, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just turn your attention towards him? And can you just tell him thank you this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your presence is in this place, God. Thank you, Lord, for making a way where there was no way. Thank you, God, for renting the veil allowing us entrance, divine entrance into your presence this morning. And Lord, if it's just catching a glimpse, God, Lord, let us not be satisfied with just catching a glimpse. But God, may this be a stirring in our spirit, an an atmosphere shift that, that shifts in us, God, that causes us a deeper hunger and passion for your word says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Lord, I pray that there's a deeper hunger and a deeper passion and a stirring in us that we receive and experience more of your presence. God, I pray, Lord, that it's not just a a pause, but Lord, as as we begin to enter into the depths of your presence, God, that it becomes intercession, Lord. And we begin to break down the walls of the enemy on behalf of our loved ones and our children right now in Jesus' name. God, I call, Lord, on you to touch Donna Goodrich's brother right now for salvation, Lord. Yes, we want healing, but more than anything, we want salvation to take place in his life right now. We believe and agree with you in touching this one thing, Lord. Let it be done, Lord. Let his eyes be open to truth, God. There's sons and daughters of people in this room who need Jesus, and I pray for salvation to sweep into their homes this morning. God, awaken their eyes to see truth and let truth set them free today, Lord. God, we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy of glory and honor. We magnify you. We thank you, Lord, that you choose to touch us, that you choose, that you choose us. And Lord, may we reciprocate that in choosing you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Do you love him this morning? Come on. Do you love him this morning? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Come on. Come on, come on. God is good. Hallelujah. You are awesome, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Why don't you look at this group of young people over here? Don't they look good this morning? Man. Let's give these young people a hand up here. Amen. 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 Might be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I got 15 minutes.
I ain't scared if that's what you're thinking. Last week we talked about how awesome the love of God is. Amen. Isn't God awesome? Doesn't, isn't his love amazing? It is his grace so sufficient. And we talked about being agents of that grace, being agents of that love. And, and I want us to understand that God wants us to draw near to him, but one avenue of drawing near is prayer. Prayer. I mean, if I'm disconnected in the jungles of wherever to my commander-in-chief and I don't know the direction of safety and I don't know the direction of how I'm supposed to operate or fight, then, then I don't have a clear avenue of how to engage the enemy. But let me tell you something. When there's a clear communication between me and the commander-in-chief, come on, somebody, we need, a, we need to understand that prayer is the Prayer is the uh, connection that we have with God to be able to communicate with Him. With, and it's not just that we so often bury ourselves and, and we uh, find ourselves talking, talking, talking. But the greatest thing about prayer is God wants to speak to us. Amen? God wants us to hear His voice. He wants to share with us His plans. He wants to show us His ways. He wants to teach us His truth. And He's wanting a people who understand that this has to be a house of prayer. Amen? Amen. I mean, look, prayer is divine. I think so often we don't realize uh, how amazing it is and the privilege that we have to pray. But really realizing that prayer is, is divine. It's not something that uh, we in particularly have the ability to do without the leading revelation of God himself. Amen? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus began teaching some very foundational teachings. He, he taught them about when you give, when you pray, when you fast. And, and when I think of this teaching that Jesus was giving them when you pray, he didn't say if you pray, but when you pray. Because he was talking to people who believed him. He was talking to people who had turned their life to him. And he said, look guys, if you're following me, you will fulfill these tasks. This is something that you will do. You will pray. Amen? Somebody said, oh Jesus. You will pray. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 says, but you. Look to somebody say, but you. And you too. <laughs> but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Wow. Wow. You know, when I think about prayer, so often I believe that all those who believe in Jesus Christ spend time in prayer. We might that might look different for some as others, but and it could be as we're driving down the road and the person pulls out in front of us and we're saying, "Oh God, oh God," and that might be the only prayer. Isaac, you're good at that, aren't you? He's a perfect driver. <clears throat> I resemble me and Isaac a lot alike when I was your age, buddy. But you know, I think that when we think of prayer as the most 
foundational part of our relationship with God, communication, I believe that many Christians defy the foundational teaching of getting into the secret place. Finding that hiding place where you get along with God because we miss out on the reward because he says, and the Father who sees you in secret will reward you. Come on. And so often we find ourselves in these venues and we pray corporately. And I think that it's important that we have these venues of praying corporately. God tells us to do that because it's a part of the encouragement. But it's not to the neglect of having individual hiding place, secret inner room moments with God where we spend time allowing the Lord to direct us, aligning ourselves with Him. So often when we pray, we pray as uh, one article that Doug Small wrote, we pray amiss because we are super focused on what we want. God, I want this. God, I want that. God, I want you to do this. And we're so busy directing God that we choose not to listen to God as he wants to direct us. God wants to align us with his plan, but we're too busy trying to align God with us. When it says the word secret, the, the word hidden or secret is crypto, which we get our word cryptic from. The hidden, the hidden or the hiding place. You know, I don't know about you, but you know, when you when you got a bunch of kids, it's hard to find a hiding place. I mean, there's times that I go around the house these days and I'm like, where's Kim? And I'm having to search the whole house over to find where and I'm thankful that that we have some places for hiding places these days, but it's important that we find a hiding place. I mean, have sent cryptic messages, right? Uh, these days, um, these days, you have to turn your phone off or have to put your phone in some kind of lockbox and, and and to keep your words from being heard by somebody, right? Uh, you know, there's whether your browser's watching you or Big Brother's watching you or who's watching, who knows. I mean, you know, I, I can go online and, 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 and just to check email, and the first thing that pops up is the advertisement is the last thing I searched for the day before. I'm thinking, how do you know that? I don't need motorcycle this and that. There's not many things in this world that are hidden any longer it's important for us to find a place where we can get alone with God, where we can spend time with God because God says, look, if you will shut the door, if you'll get into your inner place and shut the door, it is in that place that what you do in that place, I will reward to you. Come on. I find in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 17 through 21, says, As the pregnant woman approaches the time to give birth, she wreathes and cries out in her labor pains. Thus were we before you, O Lord. We were pregnant and wreathed in labor and gave birth as it seems only to wind. We could not accomplish deliverance for the earth, nor were inhabitants of the world born. Think about that. So often we're... It's as if we're running a race, but we're running on a treadmill. Come on. We're not getting anywhere. I don't care if you got your Peloton or whatever it is you're looking at. It might look like you're going somewhere, and it might clock on your little uh, watch or whatever you've got. Look, I've been four miles, but you ain't moved. 
And I believe that we find ourselves in our spiritual state. We have a lot of activity and we think we're going somewhere. But as the scripture says, and they gave birth to wind. In other words, there was nothing there. They wanted to do something good. They wanted to see the world delivered. They wanted to, even they, they felt the birth pangs. They wanted to see the miraculous things take place. But nothing was happening. But here's God's response it's in verse 19. It says, your dead will live. Their corpses will rise. You will lie in the dust. Awake and shout for joy. For your dew is as the dew of the dawn. And the earth will give birth to the departed spirits. Verse 20, come my people. Enter into your rooms and close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until indignation runs its course. For behold, the Lord is about to come out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity and the earth will reveal her bloodshed and will no longer cover her stains I believe God's calling us to a time and season of prayer I believe God wants us to find a hiding place, if you will, a secret place, a place where we can get in touch, a place where we can find his presence and hear his voice. Because let me tell you guys, there's a whole lot of noise in the world that is distracting and God's wanting to speak to us. Amen. I was in two different prayer groups this week. I was in a pastor's prayer group Thursday, Thursday morning and another one Thursday night. And, and, and in one of those prayer groups, I, it was as if the, uh, the Lord was stirring me and I, I began to pray and, and, and I felt the Lord say to me, you're looking for the noise. You're looking for the loud. You're looking for me to shake the foundations. You're looking for me to do all these things. He says, but I want to be intimate with you. I want you to hear my still small voice. It's not that I'm not speaking. It's the fact that you're listening for the wrong thing. And as I was sitting there and I was praying, it's as if, I don't know, man, I, I had to repent. God, forgive me. Look, I'm thankful that I was raised in a Pentecostal environment. I will, I'm thankful that I run and I shout and I dance and I'm loud and I love it. This is who I am. But... Sometimes it becomes a disadvantage because I'm so accustomed to that kind of environment that I don't stop and pause and spend time in the intimate. I don't stop because I think, you know, I pray for a few moments and realize, well, God, I, I, I'm not feeling something here. And then I realize that prayer is not a flesh thing. Prayer is divine. It is God's invitation and it begins in worship. Because I really am not able to worship God for who he is unless he reveals himself to me. Because worship is my response to God as he reveals himself to me. And without a revelation of God, what am I worshiping? I might be worshiping, you know, the feelings that happens in the flow. It might be worshiping just the idea of worship. I might be worshiping, man, the great music and what great music it was. But am I truly in tuned and engaged with the presence of Almighty God where He shows up and the glory of God is revealed and it's such a weight of the presence of God that I, I'm drawn to my knees because God is awesome. Amen. 
I want to get into that presence, but I understand that prayer is divine. It's divinely led. It's divine because God has invited us. I want to think about this. Not only is prayer divine, prayer is divinely holy. Because he invited them in, he says, go into the room and shut the door. You know, when I look at throughout the scriptures, I see what takes place on the outside. What happens outside the doors. And over and over I see that what takes place on the outside is judgment because when you think of prayer, it is divinely holy and God has invited us into a covering of his holiness. Amen? I mean, think about it. In Genesis chapter 7 and 16, uh, the Lord brought Noah and his family into the ark and all the animals that he had asked them to collect. And, and just before judgment, God took the door and he shut it that no man could open the door. And there began judgment on the outside. Right? Genesis 19 and 10. When we see the story of Lot, we see where the angels had come to Lot and they they brought him the inside because what was about to take place, these, these people of the community were coming in trying to rape these men, these angels. And because of their perverseness, the, angel, the angels brought him in. And when they brought him in, shut the door. They blinded the people and ultimately judgment took place on the outside. I think about 2 Samuel chapter 13 where, where uh, Anon had had uh, slept with Tamar, and it was though that was illegitimate, if he would have kept her on the inside, it would have protected her from the indignation on the outside. But because he pushed her out, because he had his servants to close the door and push her out and lock her on the outside, it caused indignation, it caused hardship and judgment on her life. I think of Matthew chapter 25 and 10, when the Lord returns to his bride. Think about it. When he turns, returns to his bride, he closes the door against the foolish maidens and he says, I do not know you. Prayer is divinely holy. And the invitation is us for us to come in into his presence. And, and, and as we come into his presence, we have to realize that we have to face our sin. We have to face our own unrighteousness. We have to face the influences that lead us and direct us every single day. Look, we're not answering, we're not answering to God for other people's actions. We're answering to God for us. God, forgive me for listening and allowing other people's voices to speak louder than yours. God, I need your voice. Amen. When we go into that inner place, we also are confronted by our own weakness because we have to recognize it is a vulnerable place because when we go before the Lord, we're saying, Lord, I don't come here on my own ability because I am weak. I'm struggling. Amen. Amen. It's a place where I say, Lord, I lay down every worldly strength that I have gained. And I say, God, I need your strength to live every single day. I need you, Lord, because in this place it is divinely holy. And nothing apart from you shall be in the inner place. Amen. Prayer is divinely holy. Jesus, come on. 
But you know, when we also think about, he says, enter in and close the door. It's also a, a prayer is divinely miraculous. Amen? Prayer is divinely powerful. Because judgment may take place on the outside, but come on, somebody, on the inside, what a joy, what a presence, what a power, what a glory, what a, an anointing of God that takes place on the inside. Because if God has invited me in, come on. I mean, I just love it, you know, when you go over to somebody's house, now, would you just come on in, sugar? Come on. I got a cup of coffee prepared for you. I got a little apple pie. Come on. Just think what God has prepared for us in the inner place. What God has in store for us when we enter into that place. I'm reminded of 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. It says, Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And he goes on and talks about, Look, the, the, the debtors, the creditors have come, and they're going to take my children to be the slaves. And I don't know what to do. And he says, what do you have in your home? And she says, well, I've got a little jar of oil. He said, well, listen, go send your sons out and get some more vessels. Come on. Go send your sons. Don't get small ones. Get big ones, right? Get as many as you can gather. Bring them in. And, and she brought them in. He says, and begin to pour into them. Come on. Verse 4 says, and you shall go in and shut the door behind you. <laughs> Come on. Go in and shut the door behind. Look, you're not flagrant. You're not out there just doing this for everybody's attention. But look, if you'll just get into the presence of my presence, then I can do something miraculous for you. Go in, shut the door behind you. Come on. And she poured out into all the vessels and shall... And you shall set aside what is full. And so she went in and shut the door behind her and her sons, for they were bringing vessels to her. And she poured. And when, and when the vessels were full, she said to her sons, Bring me another vessel. Come on. Bring me another vessel. And, and she said, There is not one more vessel. And the oil stopped. What's the limitation of God's oil in your life? What's the limitation of the presence and the anointing and the power of God in your life? I think of 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 13 when Samuel went and he was there to anoint David and he poured the oil on his head that day and the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Come on somebody. Amen. I want you to understand the oil is not limited and the source of that oil is not limited. Come on. But the problem that we find is that the vessels are limited. You've got to be willing to go in and shut the door. Look, why, was, why did the oil stop? Because there was not another vessel. Let me tell you something, folks. I, I need you to understand this. God has not chosen you to be a vessel just to contain his presence, but he's chosen you to be a vessel so that you can be poured out for somebody else if you'll just keep going back into the closet and say, Lord, I'm emptied out. God, fill me one more time. If you just keep pouring out, God will keep pouring in. He's looking for somebody who's not limited, who's not saying, God, I just want to be full. God. No, he's looking for somebody saying, I'm willing to be poured out. I recognize there's a lost and dying world that needs Jesus. And I'm willing to go every single day, every single hour. Pour me out, God. 
And if we'll just keep being poured out, we can come on back in. Shut the door. Pour it in, Jesus. Let's go back out. Let's go pour a little more. Gee, I'm coming back, Lord. That was good. I want another refreshing. I want another. I want another. The Lord says, be being filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-time event. It's a daily event. It's an hourly event because the presence of God is real. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He wants to keep refreshing. He wants to keep anointing us. Hallelujah. I mean, when I think about it, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Listen, 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 listen. But we have this treasure. Dude, I don't know about you, there's a whole lot of people searching for treasure. Right? They're searching for treasure But I'm here to tell you, we have. It didn't say we will get. It didn't say you might have had. But it says we have. Somebody, when I I think of have, I'm thinking I'm talking something tangible in my hands at this moment. God is not limited. God is not saying you can't have. He's saying, and we have this treasure. Come on, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I don't know about you, but when I think about that treasure, what is he talking about? It says, and so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of us. We have. Somebody says, well, I'm just walking defeated. Let me tell you something. The only person that's walking defeated is the person choosing to walk defeated because we have. He's invited us into the presence. He's saying it's available to you. Would you just stop and spend some time in my presence? I will pour out a blessing on you that you can't contain. I will pour out on you. I will lift you up. I will encourage you. I will overflow your cup. God, let it be so, Jesus. Let it be so. But you can't expect God to do something if we're walking in disobedience to him. If we're not willing to stop, if we're not willing to enter in to the secret place, why, how can God reward what is not done as he has commanded it to be done? Jesus. Mm. God, help us. I mean, look, prayer is divine. It's divine. It's divine, divinely holy. It's divinely powerful. It's divinely privileged. I mean, think about this. We've been invited in. <laughs> Goodness, I don't know about you, but that's amazing. I mean, I know who I am. I know who I used to be. I know the stuff that I've, the baggage that I've carried. I know all of that. And Jesus has looked at me, and he's invited me in. Come on. He's invited you in to his presence. 1 Kings 6 and 19 through 21, Then he prepared an inner sanctuary within the house in order to, to place there the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the inner sanctuary. Think about that. You've not, you've not just been invited into the gates. We will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You've not, just, you've not just been invited to the outer courts. You're not just front door people. 
How many times do we go to the front door of God and say, Thank you, Lord, I'm glad to see you today. And we walk away. And God's saying, Come on in. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone will open the door, I will come in and sup with them. I will commune with them. I will, I will intercede with them. I will be with them. God's invited us into his presence. And how often do we enjoy just the fringe benefits? We stand on the outside. We love the goosebumps. Oh, that felt good today. But how often do we truly allow God to transform our being by being in his presence? I don't know about you, but God is good. God is so good. I mean, if you go back and, and you look at the first, second Kings 4, and you sit there in verse 10, this is verse 19, God's response, your dead will live. He said, look, I'm about, I'm about to raise some people up, y'all. You've looked at some family members, you said they're too far gone. He's God saying, eh, stop, get into the secret place. I'm about to do something. He said, look, you, you've looked at that spouse, you thought, well, you, uh, I, I, Lord, I've been with them for this long, and God, I've given up. I'm tired of that. Look, God said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, I'm about to do something. I just want you to go and get into your hiding place. Get into your secret place. Go shut the door behind you and just wait because I'm about to do something. Will you trust me in this? Will you believe me in this? Because new life is coming. New life is about to rise up. There's a fresh breath of heaven. There's a, si a cloud the size of a man's hands. It might look empathetic. It might look like it's not big enough to do anything. But it's a coming. It's coming. It's coming. We have to be ready. We have to be anticipating. We have to have our eyes open. And we have to seek his face because if we, if we are expecting God to do something, we've got to be prepared for it. Billy said yesterday, he says, if we're expecting it to rain, where's the umbrella? Come on. If we're expecting God to do something, what are we doing to prepare for it? Mm. Prayer is a privilege not a chore. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, believe me, please understand, I am not here to browbeat you to say, you better pray. No, what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help us understand is there's a powerful tool that God wants you to have. And you can carry this sword all you want to, but unless you know how to use it, Look, I went, I grew up in YMCA camp. I don't even know if they had, anybody even know YMCA? I don't know. I grew up going to YMCA camp, and we did target practicing, you know, with little BB guns. Now these days, oh, they're much bigger. But I remember being certified as a chaplain, and, and they want us to go out to be proficient in the guns that they carried in the car just in case something was to take place, something went awry. They want us to be prepared to be able to protect ourselves and the officer that we're with. And, and, and so here I am at, at the gun range and they're bringing out these sawed-off shotguns. They're bringing out these, uh, you know, 15 AR-15s. Does that sound right? Where's Asher at? Asher, you're supposed to help me with these things. And, and so I'm like... 
Holy cow. What a power. These are powerful weapons. I'm thinking, Lord, I mean, you know, I grew up doing a little, you know, rabbit hunting with a little 12 gauge. I'm thinking, you know, or 14 gauge. 20, no, 20 gauge. 20 gauge is what I had. I remember my dad uh, gave me a 14 gauge one time just to make fun of me. That thing was rough, dude. Here, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm little now, but back at, at a buck ten, and that thing, about hit the ground. But the, the officer prepared us to know how to handle this weaponry. Prayer is what prepares us to handle the weaponry because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but made mighty to God, right? Through the pulling down of strongholds. And if we don't, if we don't enter into the, into the war room, if you will, into the secret place, into the place where we can hear the voice of God directing and aligning us and showing us and teaching us His plan, how do we expect to be able to war against the enemy that is raging around our, our society and looking at our children and trying to defile and to tear down and break down the walls of Christianity? We are to intercede we are to pray. We are to fast. We are to seek the face of God. I know. I'm trying not to look at the clock back there, but that's time. Get up here, Dre. Hurry. Prayers is divine. It's divinely holy. Prayer is divinely powerful. Prayer is divinely privileged because we've been invited into his presence. Come on. Prayer is divinely practiced. When you think about prayer being divinely practiced, think about this, guys. You hear people, Jesus, when he, when he talked to, he brought Peter, James, and John with him, and he went to the mountain at Gethsemane, and he began to pray. And as he prayed, the, the Bible says that he, he prayed fervently. And he looked at, after an hour, he went back to James and Peter and John, and he says, can you not pray one hour? And look, I get, I get it, guys. It's so, prayer is not something easily done for us. When we think about practicing prayer, in our own physical being, we, we don't understand. We, it's hard for us to grasp prayer. I mean, Nick, I could sit down with you and, and, and literally talk for hours. We could talk about motorcycles. We can talk about trucking. We can talk about camping, fishing, four-wheeling, and all that good stuff. And we could talk for literally hours. We could talk about equipment. We could talk about all that stuff. We could talk about football for days, can't we? It's, it's easy for us to communicate in this manner because we can sit face-to-face -face with each other. We can communicate but when we recognize that prayer is divine and I have to be led by the Spirit of God to divinely engage because think about this to worship Him the Word of God says that you will worship Him in spirit and in truth right? can you worship in the flesh? yeah look at the, the, look at the prophets of Baal Right? They worship in the flesh. They danced. They cut themselves. They salivated. They 
said all kinds of words. They did all that stuff. You can worship in the flesh. But when you divinely engage in the presence of God and God speaks his directives to you, how much more powerful is prayer? How much more effective and fervent is prayer when you get in tune with the King of kings and Lord of lords and he speaks into you? Amen? It is like fire as Elijah, as he prayed, is like fire coming down, consuming the altar, even to the point of melting the rocks and licking up the water. When God engages and we become in divine engagement with God, God can do the impossible. Prayer is divinely practiced. I can go through the the who's, what's, where's, and when's and talk about all that. But this morning, I want you to, to know that God's looking to be intimate with you. What is the motivation of prayer? Think about this. When you look at prayer and you look at Jesus in Gethsemane, it says, Abba, Father. What's the most motivation that we could have is to recognize that God wants to be intimate with us. We reverence Him and recognize that He's the God of heaven who created heavens and earth. We recognize Him as as holy and righteous, hallowed be thy name. But we also have the motivation that he has invited us into the intimacy of his inner room where he can cry out, Abba, Father. I don't know what has hindered your prayer. I don't know if, if your perception of prayer has been self prevent self-preservation focused God I need, God I want, God I need God help this, God do this but I'm here to help you understand that when you begin to engage God and worship Him and align yourself with what He wants God speak to us Your will God speak to us Your plan God teach us to pray I'm going to read one more scripture because I, I just feel like you need to, to hear the scripture Romans 8 26-27 in the same way the spirit also helps our weakness for when we do not know how to pray as we should but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This morning, I don't know, maybe your prayer feels more like groanings lately. Come on, somebody. Maybe your prayers feel overwhelmed. Maybe your prayers feel burdened. Maybe you maybe feel like, Lord, I just, I just don't know how to pray. Just, I, I, Lord, I just can't get in. Lord, it feels like there's a brass ceiling. And every time I pray, the words keep bouncing back to me. God, I need a breakthrough. And I'm here to encourage you that your breakthrough is coming. <laughs> Your breakthrough is coming. And it could be coming right now.
you'll say, Pastor, I need a breakthrough in prayer. Would you just make your way right now? I know time. I mean, we, we got all day. We got food prepared, so you ain't got to go stand in line anywhere. So you might as well just hang on out, right? If you say this morning, I need a breakthrough in prayer. Would you come find a place right now? Can we, can, we, can we believe together? Can we say, yes, Lord, I want to see a breakthrough in my family. I want to see a breakthrough in my children. I want to see a breakthrough in my home. I want to see a breakthrough in my job. I want to see a breakthrough at this church. I want to see a breakthrough in my ministry. I want to see a breakthrough. God, let it be so, Jesus. Let it be so, Jesus.
awesome. Amen. Lisa and Adam up there picking around on the base. So thankful that the Lord has sent them to our church and and um, have now become a part. Adam has actually been speaking some on Wednesday night, and I've gotten some big thumbs up, doing a great job. Um, I've asked Lisa. Lisa is uh, an intercessor. And how many know that we need intercessors? Amen. And I've, I've asked her. She's going, uh, we're going to dismiss, and there's information on the back, small group information, and I would love you to go and just kind of uh, mingle and look at that. Uh, afterwards, food is ready. If you want to grab food and then come out and still mingle and look, please do. But I've, I've asked Lisa if she would help lead an intercessory group. Now, I understand intercessory prayer, there's different types of prayer. Not everyone is an intercessor. But I believe that it is a, is a door that God is opening for us to develop greater prayer initiatives within our church. And I would love, if you're interested in being a part of this intercessory team, I'd love you to connect with her. She'll be back there. There's a flyer. There's a, a sign-up sheet. And uh, if you, just, just as you sign up, doesn't mean that you're locked into anything, but it, it gives the opportunity for you to um, engage material, to look at that material, to, to see where you can get plugged in. We want you to be a part, and we're th thankful for you uh, for, for leading that, and we're excited what God's going to do in that. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. Uh, come on Wednesday night. We have a great time of worship. We have a great time of, of fellowship. Uh, of word, and we would love for you to be love for you to be here, part of that. God bless you. We love you. Let's keep the fire going. Amen. Amen. What a fellowship! What a joy to Fellowship.
Parents, please go pick up your children from Children's Church. Parents, pick up your children from Children's Church. Thank you.